You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about health and healing on a budget. I got this message or request from someone when I did an Instagram question box and they said, can you talk about healing on a budget as a college student, navigating dining hall, et cetera. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is such an important topic because depending on whatever situation that we're in, I want to always share tips on how we can really meet ourselves where we're at. And whether you are a college student, whether you are in grad school, I have a lot of people who are in chiropractic school or naturopathic or med school that follow me. And I totally understand what it's like to be balling on a budget when you're in grad school and there's just so much going on. But then I also understand that times are crazy right now too. And we want to make as conscious decisions as we can for us and our family, but still be able to get the benefits of health. So no matter where you fall on that spectrum, this episode is going to have some really great gems for you. So you guys know that I'm all about free medicine. So in terms of where do we go when we're kind of healing and whatnot on a budget, I always want to start with the free tangible things that we can do first. So free tangible things, free medicine, things like getting outside, If you don't have an air purifier or a way to kind of purify the air in your home or living space, open the windows. Simple ways that we can get air flow, detox our environment. Um, Assuming you don't live in an area where that's very smoggy like LA or like a big city where you can always check the air quality of your surroundings, but assuming it's pretty good, opening the windows, getting outside, getting that fresh air, moving your body, moving your body doesn't have to be a gym membership or a bunch of expensive equipment or memberships. Although those things can be really, really great and helpful if you have them, you don't have to have those things. We have a body and therefore, because we have a body, we have our body weight. And that means that we can move Every single person can move. You can, we can go outside of where we live. We can walk around an area. We can drive to an area to hike and walk. Even if we live in a city, it's nice because I feel like so many places are creating walking trails or, um, you know, paved areas that we can go out and move. And even in terms of just starting with body weight stuff, you can do so much with your body weight in a chair. We can do squats. We can do chair squats. We can do lunges. We can do step-ups, tricep dips push-ups. We can do side lunges. You can do, oh my gosh, um, like planks, various, there's so many different forms of planks. I did a plank membership, or I did a 30 day plank challenge within my membership. And there was a bunch of different things. There's shoulder planks, side planks, plank pulses, plank jacks. I mean, so much would just in the plank movement and planks, an amazing, amazing, amazing total body movement. So in terms of movement, we don't need anything except for a little bit of discipline and motivate. It's not even motivation. It's more just discipline than anything else to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to move my body today. Set your timer for 15 to 20 minutes, 
write up a bunch of exercises, go through it a few times. That's honestly a great place to start if you don't know where to start. If you're a little bit familiar with workout programming or training, or you've seen people post workouts online, you can kind of take their sets and reps and things like that and contribute that to literally any type of exercise. You can set a timer, you can do sets and rep based, but we all have a body that can move and do anything. Jumping jacks, mountain climbers. I mean, there's so many things that we can do for free. The infamous burpee. So moving your body and getting fresh air is a really, really easy free medicine place that we can start no matter that it doesn't cost anything. It just takes time, which time is our most valuable asset. Everybody's time is valuable because it is the one thing that we'll just never get back. So how can we use our time wisely? I'm all about efficiency. So moving your body, getting some fresh air, going out in the sun. I know that goes a little bit with outside, but that is a great way to get free vitamin D. It's a great way to support your lymphatic system. It's a great way to help support your body's circulation and blood flow. It's great for hormones. So assuming we live in a place that sometimes gets sun here in Western New York, we don't get it a lot of the year, but when we do get it, I am cherishing every single second, every second that I possibly can. Other free and free things that we can do um, is stress management, meditation, journaling, uh, prayer, mindfulness, all of that stuff. Again, it's all just time. We don't need to pay for the expensive apps. We don't need to buy the expensive things. You just need to be mindful about doing it. I really do like the Calm app, but I found amazing free meditations on YouTube, on Spotify, which I know Spotify is a subscription. YouTube's not. So you can get a ton of free stuff from YouTube that either it's guided meditations, it's yoga nidra, which that's really great before sleep. So there's so many different free things that we can do for stress management, because if we've learned anything from this podcast, it's the fact that stress is a huge root cause of almost any and all ailments that we have as a society, whether it's chronic disease, acute disease, hormone conditions, gut cancers, hypertension, heart disease, and even just the benign stuff issues, losing weight, weight loss, resistance, thyroid issues, stress, stress plays a huge effect into all of that. And again, a lot of stress management really just comes down to mindfulness and finding something that you enjoy and that you can stick to. And even though you might not notice the benefits right away, it's all about how can we create an optimal routine? So those are free, cheap, and easy Free not even cheap. They're just free. And, and and you have to be mindful about doing them and scheduling them. But those are very powerful tools that we can use. Grounding is another good, good one. Putting your foot on feet on the earth, putting your body on the earth is very anti-inflammatory. There's been thermography scans that show what the body looks like in terms of how much inflammation was there prior to grounding. And then after the studies on it are really profound and it's free, just take off your shoes and step on the grass that hasn't been sprayed with glyphosate or put your hands on a tree or spend some time in nature forest bathing. But I mean, you really don't need to do that much of it. I'm actually looking outside at our grass and I'm going to do, go do some grounding. Cause it's, I'd say that's the practice that I probably neglect the most in the winter. I don't do it as much in the winter. Um, sweating so we can sweat and detox our bodies through, um, exercise, movement, 
maybe a hot bath. Obviously, there are things like saunas and steam rooms and things like that. But even if assuming you have a bathtub, you can really get a good good body, um, full body sweat and full body detox with something like that. And you could always add Epsom salts if you have them, but sweating is a really great way to support overall detoxification. Again, free, cheap, and easy. Now in terms of navigating nutrition on a budget, so, or say we're in a situation where we only have so much control. So I'm going to kind of go through both. I'll go through all three scenarios. One, you're maybe a college student eating in a dining hall. Two, you are maybe a grad student. Maybe you live off campus, have your own apartment, but again, want to make budget-friendly choices. And then three, you're just trying to make budget-friendly choices. So some the last two will kind of go together, but say you're a college student and you are trying to make the best choices. So from my personal experience, I went to St. John Fisher, which is now a university. It was a college when I went there and we did have a really great dining hall situation. It was buffet styled and we did have access to pretty great, good food. The things that we don't have control over in a dining hall is what oils things are cooked in generally. Um, and sometimes obviously quality, I will kind of troubleshoot from my experience and kind of share what I would do. So for breakfast. So when I was there, I would just eat uh, pretty much every meal in the dining hall. And then I would go to like Trader Joe's or Wegmans and get healthy snacks to have in the dorm room. So we can talk about some options like that. But breakfast, there was an omelet bar, which was great. But you could either get the powdered eggs that were like the, the liquid eggs, or you could ask for cracked eggs. So I would always ask for cracked eggs. I would do like three to four cracked eggs, maybe a scoop of egg whites and could just get a bunch of veggies in my omelet, which was great. Um, if you don't have that, it's trying to just find the best option that you can in terms of, okay, what, what type of healthy protein can I get? Is there any fresh fruit? Um, if you can tolerate dairy, do they have any forms of like plain yogurts? Um, good things that you can kind of look for in the dining hall. I'm kind of, as I'm speaking this, I'm kind of sharing or not sharing, I'm picturing our dining hall and what that looked like for dinners and lunches. They, of course, had, you know, the pasta bars and the burgers and the wraps and the sandwiches and all that stuff, but they did have a stir fry option, which that was the one time I could control if there was oil used um, and with eggs too, because I would ask for spray over oil. So it's all about asking. If you have a buffet style, you can ask, can you use a spray over, you know, oil or um, in case of like the stir fry, you kind of put in whatever veggies you want and you put in whatever meat and then there's rice that you can put on or put over on the side and they would cook yours right then and there. And you could say, can you cook it in water or can you, otherwise they're going to use oil, but it was cool because that kind of made me more mindful of, okay, I'm going to choose the water at that point in time. I was using the water because it was lower calories. (laughs) Um, it wasn't about the fact that it's probably a canola or vegetable oil, but now that I know that is good. However, I know that I was still probably exposed in other things. There's only so much that we can control, especially in dining hall situations and in college campus settings. So it's really just about how can I how can I do the best with what I can? And I think that's the case wherever, no matter if we're traveling or in an airport or at a family occasion, it's all about kind of doing the best with what you can, right? And so in the dining hall, if you're paying for a meal plan, you obviously want to make the most of it, depending on what year you are in college. I saved a lot of money living off campus 
my girlfriends had a house that we that I that I rented a room out of and it was nice cuz I had a full kitchen. So I really only was eating breakfast at school like 2 days a week, which I knew was the best option possible, like the veggie omelet with I don't know, I would do it with like oats or whatever. I don't even remember the options, but so I had so much more control over what I was eating. And the crazy thing is I we actually saved so much money my mom and I put it in an Excel spreadsheet significant amount of money because I kept track of like all my grocery bills. My roommate and I shopped at either Trader Joe's or Wegmans and we still saved like a crap ton of money, which was, which was crazy thinking like, obviously it was more work. We had to make most of our meals, but we, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I do talk to a lot of people and I've had consults with quite a few college students where, you know, their parents have come to me and they're like, they're dealing with hormone issues or acne or whatever. So we are troubleshooting. How can we do the best with what you have available in college? And so those are definitely kind of some of, some of the tips in terms of navigating the dining hall. If you have the ability to kind of ask if something's being made fresh for you, for them to be able to not use oil, or if the butter is an option, you could always do that instead of an oil. I mean, or if it's already food, if it's food that's already pre-made, how can you make the best choice possible? Proteins, seasonal produce or fruits or um, things that don't look like they're just completely doused in oil or um, fried, obviously, are, are options that we want to minimize. So if you have that availability, great. And if you don't, Hopefully there will be a point in your career at college that you can maybe live in a dorm that has um, a kitchen or kitchenette so that you can kind of make some of the stuff on your own and be able to tailor your meal plan accordingly so that you can allocate some of those funds to being able to go get groceries. And this is really the case, I think, of us now. Like when we travel, we don't like to eat out every meal. I mean, obviously college dining plan is very different, but we don't like to eat out all the time. We really like to just save eating out for dinner and do breakfast and lunches in the Airbnb or wherever we're staying. One, because I just, I like the food that we make. I it's, and it ends up being way cheaper. Obviously eating out gets very expensive. So that's a little travel thing for you, but you can definitely correlate that to college dorm experience. I think of when I was in grad school, you, uh, there were a few people that lived on campus. There was on campus housing, but they all had kitchen nets or kitchens, I guess. I don't really remember what they looked like. I remember the tour guide asked if I wanted to live on campus. And I said, absolutely not (laughs) because I was just so used to living by myself and making food and having access to all those things. I could not go back, but anyways, um, living obviously schedule is very different. I'm trying to be as mindful as I can of a budget. Um, I obviously bought all of my groceries, I th- we we were required to have a dining plan, but I mainly would use that for like quick, easy go things. Um, I wish they didn't have to make us have it at all, but majority of the meals I would make and I would shop a lot at Aldi, which I still do. I still utilize Aldi a lot. We had, I lived in a very s- small community. If you're familiar with New York, our school was in Seneca Falls and that area doesn't have a lot of stuff. I was an hour away from a Trader Joe's, which at the time I was obsessed with. I was about 20 minutes away from a Wegmans, which I would go once in a while. But so my main options were Aldi and Walmart, tons of great organic produce at Walmart, tons of really great, affordable, organic, clean ingredient things at Walmart. So I shopped there a lot with whatever I couldn't get at Aldi. And 
that honestly really worked well for me. Um, so that's a good tip that I have for people. I really wish that I was mindful about farmers markets because there were some good farmers markets that I would go to towards the end of my um, time at chiropractic school. And in general, that's just a great way for anybody to save money because you're completely cutting out the middleman and you end up saving saving you end up saving a ton of money. Um, I think of like when we go to farmers markets, I will completely have like three bags full of things and probably not even spend close, maybe, maybe around a hundred dollars. It depends on if it's produce or meats or meat, dairy, and produce. It depends on what exactly it is, but I really do wish that I would have had utilized that more just for schedule purposes. It was a little hard, but towards the end of my time at chiropractic school, I did utilize farmer's markets more because we did have them in the spring and summer. So utilized those a ton. Um, I was a personal trainer, so I didn't have to pay for a gym membership because I taught classes. I did spin, um, one-on-one personal training. So that kind of covered my gym membership, which was like five minutes from my apartment, which was great. We did have a gym on campus at chiropractic school, which if you're going to a college or you're in a graduate program there, you're going to have a gym available to you through your program at whatever school you're at. So that's great. Um, but if I didn't, I think I, at that point I had maybe accumulated a set of dumbbells and some workout bands and things like that, that you can get a lot of stuff done. I could still get movement. I was walking all the time. So you can kind of get it done with what you have available. Um, but my biggest kind of grocery tips, I would keep track of everything in an Excel spreadsheet. I would try to stay around a certain number each week. And it was just me buying groceries for myself. When Nick and I moved in together, that was a little bit different of a financial situation because there were we were kind of a team versus I'm just buying food for myself. I didn't eat out a lot, maybe, I don't know, maybe once a week, maybe sometimes not, not even. Or if Nick and I at that point weren't living together and he was about 40 minutes away. So sometimes when he would come into town, we would. But um, but eating out was very few and far between. I tried to be just really conscious of meal prepping so that if I knew my day was super busy, I'd have meals ready to go. So I wasn't cooking dinner at nine o'clock at night when I'm trying to go to bed and unwind. So I was just really mindful of kind of preparing. And um, I think kind of the time that I lived in college, even though that was my schedule was so much more flexible. I was part-time my senior year, my last semester, and really just playing softball, taking like eight credits. So that was a very different in terms of time schedule situation, but it did teach me to prepare meal prep, have things ready, and definitely a lot about buying groceries and how I can do it mindfully and effectively. So obviously when you're buying it for yourself, that's a different situation. When you're buying it for a family, that's of course a different situation. But there, the places that I mentioned, Aldi Wegmans are great. Um, I really like Thrive Market. I wish I would have utilized that sooner for like pantry items that are the clean ingredient pantry items that I love, that I would drop so much money on at Whole Foods and Wegmans that I do get at a discount and I save because I get them auto shipped. So that is nice because that is a really nice hack that I do now. But honestly, that's what sneaks up on a majority of grocery bills is the in-between the aisles things. It's not as much the produce. Of course, that stuff, everything has gone up now. Meat has gone up. Produce has gone up. But the stuff that really sneaks up on the grocery bills is all the, the snacky stuff. It's the in-between the aisles. It's the condiments. It's the kind of extra stuff. It's a lot of like different beverages and drinks, which don't get me wrong. I love a good Olipop and a good spark 
sparkling water. But if you're noticing, if you're prioritizing that over, you know, good quality eggs and meat and dairy or produce, you want to kind of evaluate, you know, where, where that money is being allocated in that budget. So that is definitely something that you can kind of look at how much how much are you wasting each week? Are you having to throw things out because they you're not eating them? I think when you kind of go into the grocery store with a plan of this is kind of what I'm going to plan on having for meals, that really helps you to not overbuy because you are structured and kind of, all right, this will be kind of lunches. This is you know what we're kind of thinking in terms of dinners because I feel like meat has gone up a lot there Aldi I know does a lot of really good sales on like um organic meats. I I'm I can't speak to like Costco and BJ's. I don't have a membership there so I wouldn't know, but I do know um there's a lot of people who I follow on Instagram who are always sharing really good finds there. So those are good options and you can totally get really good options for budget-friendly prices at those places. I just don't have a membership there. So I'm only speaking to what I know, but that doesn't mean that what I know is verbatim and that that's the only option. We have lots of options. Um, For nutrition, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, we do kind of quarter and half cows, which that is kind of like a more family budget-friendly thing because it seems like a lot up front, but you end up saving significantly per pound significantly. So that's what our freezer is pretty much loaded with. I try to buy as much stuff in bulk and, um, in terms of like cuts of meat, you know, full chickens, chicken thighs are going to be a lot more budget friendly than chicken breasts. Boneless chicken breasts are one of the more expensive forms of chicken. And I think they're the most disgusting because there's no flavor to them. No offense if you enjoy that, but it's so much more budget friendly to get like a full chicken, cook the full chicken in the crock pot, take all the meat off, use it for whatever you'd like to use it for, put the bones in there and then you've got free bone broth um, or even like chicken thighs or chicken thighs and leg, much more budget friendly, affordable cuts of meat. In terms of beefs, the fillets and the ribeyes are a lot more expensive than other cuts of steaks and roasts. I do like the ones with the bone on. I think they're so much better. I mean, I love a filet, but it is way more expensive than if you were to do a chuck roast, which I, you know, is a, is more of like a roast that you do in a crock pot versus a steak. But you, I'm trying to think of like more affordable cuts of steak, depending on the ribeye or ranch steak, or it depends, I guess, on the cut. But obviously, the leaner, the less bones, the less kind of work that you'd have to do preparing, that's going to be more expensive. Ground beef is usually our go-to. It's super cost-effective. Adding in organs is incredibly cost-effective. I think I can buy a full beef heart for like $5. And the amount of meat that we get off of that, not only for us, for our dog, I processed quite a bit of it in a food processor a week ago. And we had a so much ground beef. We had so much ground heart, gave a bunch of it to the dog. And I'm going to actually be eating. I froze the rest of it and I'm eating the rest of it today. And it gets just so much meat for so little. Same thing with liver. It's just, I mean, when our farmer, sometimes when we get cows, she's like, do you guys want the organs? Cause nobody else wants them. And of course we want them. So it's a very, very affordable, uh, affordable thing. And now that berry season is coming up, if you pick your own, it's way less expensive. I found a really cool place in Penyan for anyone local. Um, the, there's organic blueberries. My mother-in-law went, and I went last year and I got so many blueberries, which blueberry picking is kind of a pain because they're so little. So you have to pick so much. But again, 
getting it in the store, you get a little thing of it, organic thing, it's five bucks. I haven't even gotten home yet and the whole container's gone. Um, frozen is a really another good thing for blueberry if it, or for all berries that you can get organic, budget friendly. We just do that and then add it to smoothies. I'll add it to yogurt and let it thaw a little bit because I don't like things super cold. But we find that to be very budget friendly, especially in the winter time when all the berries and fruits in the store are disgusting anyways. They're not fresh, at least here. So those are definitely good options in terms of meats, um, produce, farmer's markets, pick your own, have your own garden. Obviously that takes time, which is our greatest asset, but it's a great budget friendly way. You can grow your own herbs. We grow, we have apples. We're going to be growing probably some like arugula. Nick wants to do peppers. So we got to get our garden prepped, but it's super fun to homestead your own things in terms of like breads. If you find like yourself, you're making a lot of bread or you're buying a lot of bread, it's a lot cheaper to make your own. It's like a sourdough. It's again, time. You can check out the sourdough episode that I did to learn more, but I probably make mine for $2. And if I were to buy that anywhere, it's probably six to $10. So if you're buying bread, I mean, that's a huge way to cut down. It just takes a little bit more of your time. And that's even using like organic flour or the jovial einkorn flour. It just, it ends up being so much cheaper. So when you do things yourself and then obviously taking an intake of, okay, how much am I eating out? Because when you eat out, if you're drinking, say you and your partner get a cocktail, that's adding at least 20 to $30 to the bill. If you're getting appetizers, which sometimes Nick and I, we're so hungry that we have, we ball out on the food, but not as much as a drink portion, sparkling water. I don't know. Maybe two to $5, depending. I, I don't really even look because it's so minuscule at this point because we're, we're not drinking. So looking at how much you're eating out, there's so many people that I work with that are like, I, I want to make these budget-friendly choices. And I'm like, well, how much are you eating out? And sometimes people are eating out, you know, three to four times a week. And even if you're making a healthier choice, like a Chipotle or Bole or something like that, it's still going to probably be at least two times the price of if you made it at home. We can make a ground beef kind of Chipotle bowl at home for, I don't know, five pound or five-ish dollars per pound of meat because that's what we get it through the cow. Rice is, I don't know, maybe a dollar a serving. Guacamole is maybe a dollar a serving. I mean, at least it's probably $8 to feed, eight to $10 to feed both of us and have leftovers versus it's at least $10 for a bowl when you go out somewhere. And that's like a healthier choice. So it's so much cheaper to cook food at home, cook as much as you can at home. I, it's it's definitely more time and you kind of have to teach yourself, but it ends up being so much more effective. So I know I went in a few different directions between kind of college, grad, and just living health on a budget-friendly scale, especially for nutrition. That's definitely what I wanted to focus the most on because I feel like that's what we are focusing on a lot. There's, of course, other things that people do, the gadgets, the wearables, all those things, you know, can be great. But if you are just focusing on the priority that I said before of the stress management, getting outside, getting in sunlight, moving your body, sweating, and then really working on these budget-friendly tips, a little really can go truly a long way. And I hope that this was helpful. Please let me know um, because I got that feedback from a college student and I really wanted to do a podcast on this. So I I really hope that you got, got a lot out of it and that the tips were helpful for you. So 
I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening.